Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Winchester Radio, um, our our Supernatural podcast. Uh, we also have been on hiatus along with Supernatural, or hellatus, as it is most suitably called. Um, we are back, and so is Supernatural, uh, with a vengeance, because we came back to an awesome episode. Uh, first, little quick business. Um, if you want to call in and comment or have questions about tonight's episode, the phone number is 347-205-9801. Um, you can listen live at blogtalkradio.com forward slash media boulevard. Um, you can find uh, links and information about our podcast and every other bit of supernatural uh, news uh, worth reading out there. On our website, winchesterrose.com, you can click on the Winchester Radio icon and it'll take you to our podcast. You can also listen later to uh, the podcast archive and all our past podcasts as well. And I have to mention, uh, we've had Felicia Day on before, so if you want to go back and listen to her episodes, um, that would be great. You can find us on iTunes, you can subscribe and download, and you can also go to our Facebook and Twitter, Winchester Bros, in both places for all of that information as well. Tonight's episode is Pac-Man Fever, guest starring Felicia Day, uh, once again as Charlie Bradbury. It's the 20th episode of the eighth season, oh my God, uh, directed by the legendary Robert Singer and written by the amazing, beloved Robbie Thompson, because... I can't argue too much with pretty much any of his episodes, except Bitten, but that's okay. They gave something a new shot, and it worked for some and not just them. But anyway, more importantly, Pac-Man Fever. Um, I do want to mention that we we emailed with uh, Felicia Day all week long, trying to get her for the podcast, because, you know, she's been on for the last two episodes, and... She tried her best. We even we were trying to do an alternate day and everything, but she's in Chicago at a convention this weekend, and it just didn't work out. But she promised us that if she's back for season nine, she will definitely be back on our podcast. So let's hope she comes back for season nine. Yes, absolutely, because she's always so fun, and it, this episode was so special. It would have been great to have her. And I don't know, Felicia, if you're out there listening and feel like picking up the phone. Feel free. We would love to talk to you tonight. Because <laughs> I'm sure she's doing nothing else but sitting around her Chicago convention hotel room going, gosh, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> but, hey, you never know. Um, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I think we, we should mention right off the bat, too, uh, give out a big thank you because this is our first podcast since we um, got our new logo. Mark Malone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Our beautiful logo. Yes, Mark Malo, Supernatural's visual effects supervisor, 
created our brand new Winchester Radio logo. If you're listening right now um, through Blog Talk Radio, you'll see it flashing through the pictures. And we also have it on our website. Uh, it's just gorgeous with the Impala in front of the moon and Winchester Radio. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Mark Meloche, for sending that to us. We are so very honored to have a logo made by the Supernatural Visual Effects Department. It's just amazing. Yes. One of the things I really, really love about it is the depiction of the Impala that he used. It's the original license plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just gave me all kinds of warm, fuzzy feelings. <laughs> I know. And, you know, it can't be said often enough that it was made especially for us. <laughs> and I... I I think we, like, screamed loud enough for Mark to hear us in Vancouver. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> and it's gorgeous, and we feel so honored, and it's so special. And this can't be said often enough, but we love it. Yes, we do. Um, okay, and anyway. on to the episode. <laughs> yes, on to Pac-Man fever, because there is so much to talk about, and... I was going to say also Charlie. Charlie survived, so she's she's made it through all her episodes so far. So hopefully yes. we will see her again because she did. I thank goodness. Um, I'm really glad because I am I am loving her ever evolving relationship with the boys, Sam and Dean. Um, probably closer to Dean, they have been through quite a bit together. Um, they. They share a a mother uh, concern, a mother issue, a a great loss uh, too soon, and a big pile of guilt <laughs> on top of that to go with it. <laughs> um, poor things. <laughs> and uh, we just found that um, out in this episode about Charlie, all her history, and she's been a lot of fun so far. We haven't gotten too much into her background, too much into why she is the way she is and where her interests come from or any of her background or family and we got it in, in this episode and it was it was very poignant and very sweet and um very emotional, I think. And and I'll be fully honest, this is the first episode that I actually liked Charlie for Charlie. And then her first episode, it was the novelty of Felicia Day and loving Felicia Day for so long and then having a geek girl uh, character and just having that representation. And same thing with with LARP and the real girl. I just felt the same way where it was very much that, but it's Felicia and she's a geek on the show and she's a geek in real life and I love this. This was the first episode where I felt like, no, 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 I like Charlie outside of all that. Mm-hmm. So this is the first episode that I appreciated the character without the novelty. I completely mm-hmm. agree, yep. Yeah, well, we, we got, got to, to know her. So we got to know her so so well in this or find out so much more mm-hmm. about her. She became a, a real person. And right, because in the first two episodes with her, you kind of feel like you're watching a version of Felicia Day. Mm-hmm. And this episode, I felt like I was watching the character Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really appreciated the way that her character has evolved to being, you know, an actual character that fits into their world in some degree 
And I have to say, like you were saying, you know, she's closer to Dean, but I do... I do like the way they portray Sam as genuinely having a genuine respect and likeness mm-hmm. of her. He I think he's very he fond of her. her. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. and I think she's yeah, fond I don't of think him. And I, I, think it's hard, I think Sam in general is a character that he's just by nature harder to get close to beyond the surface. He He can be a very empathetic person when he's interviewing or when he's trying to console somebody. I, I think he plays everything else a lot closer to the chest. So mm-hmm. it's harder to get close to Sam than it is to Dean. Dean's pretty much like, please love me. Everybody, please love me. Somebody love me. Where <laughs> Sam's a bit more reserved. Nothing against Dean Winchester if he's just, you know, he might uh, be liked. <laughs> I think um, with Sam and Charlie, what they, they're both geeks at heart, you know, Sam is very much mm-hmm. a geek when it comes to, you know, books and learning, and um, mm-hmm. you know, he he liked magic when he was a teenager, you know, and uh, you know, I think they have a lot of that in common. And like, I love the scene where he said about her um, tablet thing, you know, I hate that, I want one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I I love well, that. Well, but I did know. also like. I have to say that I think. I want to modify. I agree with what you say, but I want to modify it a little bit. I think Sam and Charlie have that nerd thing going, where Dean and Charlie have a geek thing going. You know what uh, I mean? Like what uh, she says, like you're coming to the, yeah, you know, she reminds him that they're going to have, you know, their LARPing thing, and Dean's like, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, love I, 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 I totally agree with that, right, because we're, Sam's more into the serious part of being a nerd, the studying and all that. Dean's more into the fun part of it. So yeah, I totally mm-hmm. get that. I just love that so. she said you're you're gonna make the the mid year um, jubilee or uh, yeah, jubilee. jubilee. Um, right? And Dean's like, we would miss it, you know. And he, <laughs> which follows from from the last episode when he was so excited to be in the midst of Moondor and. And, uh, mm-hmm. So I and I I, I like that I like that for the endearing quality and I like it for the continuity quality. Mm-hmm. And I really um, hope they 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 show the mid year. <laughs> 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 yes, I would well, like that. Yes. Well, we still got we still got Dean in costume this episode. Uh, yes. So mm-hmm. you know that makes you know a little bit like role playing. Um, Mm-hmm. And I have to, like, you know, having that opening sequence, that was really strange. And I like, I like and dislike, this is a weird thing, how long it takes before you get an explanation of why Dean is in a military hospital in 1951 at the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. I, like how, I like how it wrapped up. The weird thing for me was by the time they got back to that, I had already forgotten about it. Not literally, mm-hmm. but I stopped caring and thinking about anyone else. Oh, yeah, that was the same episode. Huh. So mm-hmm. it was a little detached in that way, but it worked in the end. But the initial mm-hmm. jumping back into 1951 was a little detached. Um, I, was, I, you know, I, was, I was surprised to see when Dean raised his head up off the desk there that it was Dean. 
because usually you can tell their heads, you know, from, you know, uh, from far away and everything. But um, so not used to seeing Sam and Dean in the cold opening, you know. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. And the hair. I was, do like. I do. <laughs> I do like that we've seen a, at least a couple of episodes and maybe more this season where they didn't start the traditional way of somebody in Jeopardy, monster, no sign of Sam and Dean credits, and then Sam and Dean come investigate. I mean, this started right with Dean in the middle of who knew what, because we were with very, we didn't know how Dean came, got, came, got to be in there. Um, so I'm not sure what the point of starting that way was. I didn't, I mean, it was, I didn't mind it, but I thought, I don't know. Because, I don't know, I just, if it hadn't started that way, I think I would have been okay with it. I just wasn't sure it was that necessary. It didn't bother me. It wasn't that, an issue. Yeah, I think that's what, I think that's, I agree with that. That's kind of, I think that's what I felt, where I didn't need that cold opening mm-hmm. in order for the end to make sense. It could have just progressed from mm-hmm. the actual moment of us starting in to that cave and going mm-hmm. linear to mm-hmm. the 1951 the cold opening wasn't necessary. Other than the fact that it was really cool to see being in a uniform um, Mm -hmm. and the set was really, really cool, but it didn't didn't make an impact on me throughout the episode. I didn't spend the episode going, Mm -hmm. but yeah, what about, but what about, Mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. um, um, Honestly, once Sam walked in groggy with his hair all disheveled, I stopped caring about (laughs) being in a uniform at that moment. Uh, Yeah, right there with you. Yeah, I completely (laughs) agree. Oh, my God. I I laughed so hard. Apparently, the entire um, haircut trauma was uh, completely unnecessary because it's pretty much as long as it ever was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's not. All the people panicking because his, his hair was cut. No, he got maybe a little bit trim, but like I you know, like a split end trim. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's still long and luscious and beautiful yeah. and yeah. Oh, sandwich, <laughs> yes, sandwich, hair. sandwich, just a hair report. You know, we it's very important. Yes, this whole episode. So the shovel found <laughs> Winchester in his pajamas trumps being in a military garb for me. <laughs> I'll just say that. Sam- Sam wasn't in pajamas, right? In his dress? I felt like they were pajamas. Yeah, that was, I think that's Winchester version of pajamas, yeah. I do. Well, I think it's a kind of, like, <laughs> I guess. I think you okay. have, well, you have to be ready to do anything. But I've never seen Sam wear a shirt like that and, like, go do things. Yeah. And those, um, those pants, we've seen him, you know, and, you know, wearing those pants before, like, during sleep time, like, um, in Mystery Spot. And mm-hmm. so I like it's not so much like I feel like the Winchester version of pajamas is loungewear. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I realize my problem now is that I never in that scene I never made it past like Sam's head. <laughs> so I, no idea what he was wearing. It was just like <laughs> the hair in his face. And actually, I mean, I loved it, but it, it also, like, gave me a little bit of a fright. And if you're a Firefly fan, it made me think of the time that Book 
had had taken his hair yeah. out of the little ponytail, <laughs> yeah. and it was like this big cloud around his head, and frightened River and made her scream and run, and even scared Zoe. So it was a it was a little bit like that. For me. <laughs> well, and, and we we learned from Robbie on Twitter that um, the "Give me five minutes with Clippers, shut up." That was Jensen and Jared messing around. That wasn't with the script. Mm. So. Um, that was great. I find it even, yeah, I find that even funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like another indication of how darn domestic Dean is getting or getting back mm-hmm. into. Maybe when he was younger and and on the road and taking care of Sam. I mean, we've always suspected that Dean had like a like a mother hen side, but it's it's like sometimes that's a little bit canon and. Fan and the lines a little bit blurred, but I I think we're we're getting um, pretty good evidence of that this season with Dean well, being in the bunker and and being able to be a little bit domestic and being able to relax and enjoy this place and get back to cooking and cutting hair and who knows what else. Man. <laughs> well, and I also I always found it really interesting in a, you know, your your headcanon kind of way that Sam has always had longer type hair considering, you know, having a, a marine father and then mm-hmm. raised by his brother who did everything his father wanted. How Sam, how did Sam get away with having floppy hair his entire life? Like how, how did nobody pinned him down and gave him a high and tight at any point in his life? And I find mm-hmm. that really interesting. And mm-hmm. we had um, we in my literature class we watched a lecture on C-SPAN. Not important, but the important part of it was that this literature professor was talking about how when you have a character, whether you're a writer uh, for television, books, whatever, no matter what point you start your character at, you should be able to have an entire background for your character. Like if if we never knew that. Sam went to Stanford, and someone said, well, what college did Sam Winchester go to? The creator, in this case, Eric Kripke, would have to say, oh, well, Sam went to this high school and then this college, and this is mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. And so what you're saying about Dean, I think, makes sense. You know, you're saying, you know, it's a fanon kind of thing. It does make sense to us as viewers to create this background life for, for Dean mm-hmm. as a mother head. Well, we so did see it. Um, there's a flashback where he's making SpaghettiOs for Sam because Dad's out hunting, so you can absolutely extrapolate from yeah. there that it wasn't the first Speaking time. Speaking of that, someone, like, someone posted on my Twitter timeline, it was linked to a Tumblr, which of course we all know that I don't understand Tumblr, but it was a gif of when John Winchester uh, was taking Adam to a baseball game, Sam and Dean were doing this, and it was uh, the shot of, of Dean serving Sam the SpaghettiOs. Broke my heart. Oh, um, oh yeah. So see, Becky, I do oh. think about Adam. Like, I'm not traumatized enough from this episode. You know, you had to ask. But see, <laughs> I do think about Adam every now and then. <laughs> but you don't worry about him being in hell. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be taken out of hell, brought back, sent to heaven somewhere. He's out of hell. Poor guy. I know yeah. he got his. Wanna, he got his someday. He's stuck in hell now. Yeah, so too bad. Nobody. I want to mention there. We just, yeah, we just got a tweet from Volta twelve twenty eight Scarlet saying, um, 
how we always talk about Sam's hair, but can we talk about Dean's cheekbones and all their glory? Yes, because I have this fascination with Dean's cheekbones. So, yes, we can talk about that for a moment. And I don't know, was it you, Becky, that I told you I have this obsession with wanting to find out whatever highlight they use on Highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. So, yep. so highlight if it's just natural and lighting, I hate mm-hmm. you, Judge Lackle. I hate you. <laughs> because every episode, I'm like, this is perfect reflection of light right along the top of his cheek. But what is it? High beam? What, what is it? Powder? Liquid? So, yes, <laughs> teens' cheekbones are utter perfection, and I'm jealous every week. Jealous. For me, he's got, he's got great lips. Um, yeah. Well, see, I work in a makeup know, store, so I'm very, constantly putting very, highlight on people's cheekbones and on myself. So I'm like, I don't have, no matter what product, no matter what brand I put on myself or somebody else, I don't have Jensen Ackles' cheekbones, and it's just the source of awe and aggravation for me. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd be like absolutely clueless. Oh, I know. He'd be like, "What are you talking about?" He he would have no idea. Yeah. What about. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we've had we've had a couple. We've had a couple call-ins. The one other person like hung up, and I'm sorry about that. And if you're still listening, please call back. Um, we will put you on. We have uh, someone else. Should we pop them on here? before they give up on us, too? Because we did say call in, and then we're not talking to anyone. I'm sorry, because there's so much to talk about that we kind of get on a roll. But uh, anyway, caller, I'm about to put you on the air. Hello, Winchester Radio. You're on the air. Hello? Hello. Hi. Winchester Radio. Podcast. Is that who you called? Oh, or no. they left. They hung up. They hung up. We, wrong we number. scared them. <laughs> oh, we called them. It's like, oh, my God, I'm really on the air. Yep. Success. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Yeah, it's like. I have, I, I have to mention, just because it's the scene that's on while, I'm, while we're sitting here talking and I'm watching it, how awesome was it to see African Dream Root brought back? Uh, the African Dream. I agree. We have, oh, yeah. That was such a great callback. You know, we haven't seen it since season three's Dream a Little Dream. And so, to, you know, like when, when they both said, you know, African Dream, I was like, whoa, I completely forgot about that. That is so cool. And that's yeah. one of the things that I really enjoy and admire about Robbie as a writer is there's always these little, these little tidbits that are throwbacks. So, you know, the fans go, hey, that goes back to blah, 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 blah. And it's mm-hmm. nice for us to know that Sam and Dean retain the information that they learn. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, yeah. they were able, apparently after Bella got on that first batch, you know, they were able to get it themselves after that. So, And they keep mm-hmm. it in the car, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, but, but, well, now you're trying to bring it, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and I that whole scene where where Dean says, you know, you're I'm gonna have to go to sleep fast, Sam, so you're gonna have to me, and I know you don't want to do it, but hey, no, <laughs> oh, no, like, no problem, clock <laughs> didn't work. Well, you really are out of it, and then clock again, and out he goes. Oh, that was too funny. <laughs> 
can we also discuss, I find this, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that part right now, they have a shooting range in their bunker. What? What? Yeah, oh, I, I, I want to live in this bunker so bad. And then they put a shooting range, and I want to move. I want to live in. I want to move in even more now. Yeah, I'm very. Which I'm very excited to find out. I'm very excited to find out what all that that bunker is going to have through the years. You know, it's like the next thing you know, we'll see. It's going to have uh, you know a bowling alley. <laughs> but it also, yeah. yeah, it also shows how massive the thing really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking while I was watching it that I would love actual floor plans for it because I'm like when they come mm-hmm. the corner and down the stairs I'm like where did they come from and where does that hallway well, go and, and you know, you know where what are would the... be the best part about getting a floor plan we'd know which room is Sam's yeah because we have no yeah. clue so far <laughs> I mean you know it's so funny because over the over the years of watching many TV shows and there are partners in it there's always one partner you have. You wonder, are they sleeping in their car? Are they sleeping at their friends? Do they sleep in the office? Do they not sleep? It was like Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs. You always knew Crockett and the boat, whatever. Not a Tubbs didn't have an apartment for like four seasons. I think you finally saw it. Uh, Mulder never saw his apartment, never saw his bedroom. I mean, you know, for years you didn't see if he had a bedroom or not. It's like, now, and now it's poor Sam. We've seen Bean's room. Does Sam have a room? Need the room. I, I'm constantly fascinated by that sink that's in the room with the big table where they always sit out the main room. There's mm-hmm. a sink there, like a bathroom sink and a mirror. And I'm constantly, whenever there's a scene in that, you know, there, and you can see the bathroom sink and the mirror right there in the big, this big room. I'm like, why is there a bathroom sink and a mirror in this room? Yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly fascinated trying to figure that one out. I know. But it's I, weird. I, I, you know, I never really thought about it because I just think about, I always skip past the scene where Sam spits in it with the blood and everything. So I hadn't actually processed the thought about it. But yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's there. Maybe they maybe they put that there because they knew so many, you know, hunters coming in and out injured, they would need to sit in the sink. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it's like, remember, you know how when you had a, when you're in, in school and you have a science class and they have the big wash bin in case, like, you have to neutralize a chemical or something or you spill on mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. spill on something? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like that. And they're, you know, doing their little spells or whatever, like, oh, be. wash that off. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's Very what good it is. point. It could be. Yeah. Um, there's at least one more sink because there's a kitchen. Got to have yes. a place to wash yeah, dishes. I, I look forward to seeing the kitchen. I want to see the kitchen sometime. I, I see would kill kitchen. for an, a scene of of Dean washing dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't there's got to be in a bathroom. There's got to be a real live bathroom in there somewhere. And I'm, there there yes, could even be. We know, we know Dean showers. Well, the showers. And so, yeah. lo- lounging yeah. around in the man of letters robe. Yes. <laughs> Which is creepy, but whatever. And his, <laughs> and his underwear. <laughs> and his underwear. And I, I love I, uh, uh, Charlie calling them out on his man of letters. And too bad they're, it's not even, she's not even sorry they're gone because of their sexist name. <laughs> Which goes back to the first episode we learned about the men of letters because we had, um, 
what was the name of that girl? I want to say Agamemnon, but no. Um, Ab- um, Abaddon. 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 Abaddon, thank you. But all of us were like, why is she there? She's a woman. I'm confused. Is she like the secretary mm-hmm. of the Men of Letters? So it kind of, it makes sense for Charlie to be like, yeah, that's sexist. Yeah, I but wonder if was, Abaddon yeah. was supposed to be the first woman of letters. And, of course, mm-hmm. wasn't because she's Abaddon. But yeah. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I also, Uh, I noticed this when I was doing my recap, because I I pause a lot when I do my recap, and I happened to pause right after Charlie emailed Sam to write something, and as I unpause, I don't know if you guys know this, in Sam's inbox, he has, um, like, it's an email from Charlie, and then there's, like, an email from, like, like, a diner, like, a rose food kind of thing, and then there's one from Mythology Weekly. And so I, I really like the idea of Sam having all these newsletters that he subscribed to that, like, are applicable to their lifestyle. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah. So that if anybody didn't cool. notice, and you get a chance, like, it's right when he's about to open the email from her. So it's Charlie, and then it's Mythology Weekly, a road food, and there's one other one. I don't remember what the other one is. Um, I like I like I, the idea really of the like road that. food one. I could see him, like driving through Michigan, and Sam was like, you know, I read about, you know, I got this email, and they said, we need to go to Joe's Diner over here, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. because, and it makes it makes sense that, you know, that they've kind of updated with technology to tie in with their lifestyle. But I just thought it was really cute. So whoever's idea that was, uh, whether it was in the script or it was just something they thought of, like, on the fly when they were um, – building the visual for Sam's laptop. Mm. That was super cool. Yeah. Um, I also like, because I have this weird obsession, that Sam's desktop is really clean. Or I guess mm-hmm. the man Sam's. I guess they're sharing a laptop right now. But um, because I'm really neurotic about my desktop, I don't have a lot of icons on it, and I do put things like, I have, like, four folders, and everything's in those folders, in subfolders, and then subfolders of that, because I can't stand to have things on my desktop. So I appreciate the cleanliness of that desktop very much so. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I would, Im- I would imagine from the sheer volume of their cases and history and everything that they need, you've got to be super organized. You're not going to be able to find mm-hmm. what you need, even with searching sometimes. So... Yeah. Um, another question about the bunker. Um, Charlie says she was trying to track them and could only get within 20 miles. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. And then Dean was like all thrilled because they they can't be tracked, but they can still get internet and they have phone service. So it's well, I don't know how they're managing that. This is going to sound weird. Where I work, um, like the entire store is a dead spot. However, mm-hmm. so nobody's phones work beyond being able to actually make a phone call, and you can send texts but not iMessages within our store, no matter who your service provider is. And however, our store is next to a Target, and if you flip on your Wi-Fi, you can get Target's Wi-Fi like nothing inside of our store. Hmm. So I, I guess that's why it didn't seem weird to me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a little odd, but so, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, my where I work, my our VR studio, it's like my desk is a dead spot for my cell phone. It's very mm-hmm. difficult, and all I have to do is walk out twenty feet into the rest of the studio, and it's fine. But my desk. I have that even, even in my own home. If I'm on the left side of the bed, uh, nothing works. If I just literally turn, like roll over, and I'm fine. Beautiful. Very service. strange. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's not that big a deal, but so I didn't. It didn't even occur to me. But you have a point. But it just didn't even occur to me to question it at the time. I'm <laughs> sure it's something mystical too. So it's probably just some kind of cloak. Yeah, or of course the men of letters wouldn't have had a clue about the internet, so they're not warded oh, well, against that. that type of technology, but they are for phones. <laughs> so speaking of technology I'm, and going back to Sam uh seeing Charlie's tablet and saying, I hate it, I want one. Mm-hmm. I like that for several reasons, I like that Dean's the one to figure out what they're actually hunting and that he does it through the journal. So mm-hmm. here it's these, you know, if you kind of break it down, we were talking about, you know, the nerds and everything and geeks. You have Charlie and Sam who are the designated, like, brainy, geeky ones. You know, he's got, you know, Sam being former mm-hmm. mathlete, full ride to Stanford, and you've got hacker extraordinaire Charlie. But here's, you know, Luddite Dean mm-hmm. with his, his, his daddy's journal, and he's like, oh, it's right there, thanks. And I like Charlie's, you know, rebuttal of, I I hate that. I want one. Yeah. I yeah. I I, 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 like, did, and I, I, I just I like when it's I like when Dean figures things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And it's true and I did, there I were did, many episodes where he was just written dumb, and I'm like, he's not. Yeah, dumb. and I always had a big big issue because I'm going along that same line. You know, we have the previous of him reading Lonega and things like that. But I, what I really loved in this episode, within the span of like 90 seconds, we have Dean make an Aliens reference and then turn around and make a To Kill a Mockingbird reference. Mm-hmm. That was everything my life ever needed right there. That I was, know. Thank you, Robbie Thompson. I'm pretty sure that without even knowing me, you wrote that for me. Good job. <laughs> um, another that was thing everything. about Another thing about Dean in this is that he talks about hacking the security cameras, which is something Frank Devereaux taught him, and that mm-hmm. goes back to the past. And that's smart being again, something mm-hmm. that And I like that do. because I've always had an issue going way back, you know, in the days in fandom, when people would portray or call Dean dumb or him being the dumb one, and, you know, you you have to remember, well, Dean built the EMS meet out of the Walkman. He's rebuilt the Impala, which is, mm-hmm. you know, people think of mechanics as just being, oh, it's such a blue-collar kind of thing. But I find mechanics to be brilliant because that's a ton of machinery. And at mm-hmm. this point, you know, you know, you understand that? Really? Wow. Because mm-hmm. I can barely do multiplication. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a car, and everything so, yeah. has to work together because you can't just exactly fix one if one part thing off, everything's on off. Yes, so, and yeah, so no, it also harkens impressive. back to. And I love, you know, the previous episode. I'm not previous, literally, but um, a few episodes back when we have Sam actually acknowledge that and tell Dean, "You're a genius." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I like that they're reinforcing that Dean isn't an idiot because there was a time where he was being written as 
very close to drooling on himself all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at yeah. all. So yeah, and you know, it goes back. I, to, I appreciate he it. Went out and got his GED. He didn't have to. He think about it. He went out and got it. You know, he felt it. No, like something. There's too. no way John would have been like, yes, you must have some proof that you have accomplished some mm-hmm. form of high school. No, you know, he made the effort to do that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I did not like when he was written down because he's not. Maybe he has a different kind of smarts or intelligence. His talents or and skills lie in different areas. But, you know, it's like <laughs> Big Bang Theory, you know. Not everybody's going to be a Sheldon Cooper, <laughs> you know. But but that doesn't mean their next-door neighbor's stupid or or, uh, pe- or the people they work with. Or someone else. Well, I was speaking of Big Bang Theory, there's this this a scene that I love, and it kind of goes along that same line where Sheldon's basically telling Penny that she's dumb and he knows everything, and she kind of tells him who's Radiohead, and he's completely ignorant on the right. subject. Yep. Because there's yep. An ign- everybody has some kind of ignorance to them. There's so nobody mm-hmm. knows everything, and yep. so yeah, I just I mm-hmm. like smart beings. <laughs> I do. I do very I much. Like smart Dean. <laughs> I do. And again, nobody um, knows everything, but Dean is much, much smarter and sharper and, and uh, than he got credit for for a couple of seasons. I so. do find him also arguably a better people person than Sam. And I say this as a Sam girl. I think Dean's just better with people and mm-hmm. um, genuine connections. Mhm. And he, which is why he, I think Dean Dean makes friends much better than Sam does. Mm-hmm. Dean constantly makes friends makes friends whether they're long term or short term. He constantly makes friends. Where even going back to season two, you had Ronald telling Sam, "I don't like you." Mhm. Yeah. It makes me also think of um, Hollywood Babylon, and Dean just fits right in on that. Mm-hmm. And that movie's set, and he finds out like all the background, gets to know the people, he's, and it doesn't matter like what position they're in in there. He has all this information and all the people, and he is he just he just likes people. It's like everybody thinking Sam wanted um, a whole life and a house, picket fence, and kids and all that, and it was Dean who wanted that, and was and when he got it, he was better at it, fit in, yeah. Yeah, so he was better at it. Yeah. I also, speaking of Hollywood Babylon, because I was thinking about this, because I rewatched it shortly after Lark and the Real Girl, and then it um, ties in with this also. You have Dean knowing the absolute minutia of all these B movies, and so we already kind of get the hints of geek Dean. Um, mm-hmm. Like you just could see, like if you invited Dean to a Fangoria convention, he'd be like, "Oh, score!" Because I know who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think as much as sometimes we think that the characters are written out of character by certain writers, I think sometimes when you go back and watch, you can see the glimmers of what the characters have evolved to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like for like, and we always do that. I know I always talk about Buffy, but there when 
Willow goes dark side in season six, and everyone's like, that was out of nowhere. But if you go back to season one and start looking at her controlling nature, you're like, oh, yeah, there was totally a progression to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel the same way about, you know, certain things with Sam and Dean that, you know, sometimes we forget the canon ourselves, and when you go, and we're like, ah, Dean would never do that. Sam would never do that. And then you go back to season one or two, and you're like, oh, no, yeah, they were totally like that back then, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, Becky, of- you don't talk too much. Oh, I've been just, I've been here listening, and it's like there's nothing I can say because I completely agree with everything you're saying. So. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Well, we we have to talk about speaking of Sam, and uh, we have to talk about Sam and the trials and the effect the first two have had on him. Mm-hmm. Um, from bedhead and sleep and because he's got this like major case of bedhead that he walks out at the beginning because he's been asleep for 12 hours straight oh and that scene not to change the subject but that scene when he wakes up is when we see dean um comes in with the beer and the bag of snacks or whatever mm-hmm. uh, apparently there had to be a cut scene because in the promo photos for this episode there was a photo of dean walking down the road to the Men of Letters bunker by himself, right. carrying, carrying the six-pack of beer in the bag, which I was worried when we got that, when those pictures came out, because I was worried about Dean walking by himself. You know, he looked kind of sad, you know, with his snacks and his beer, and, I, you know, I was worried about him. And so then, you know, we didn't get that scene, but we see him coming into the bunker with that. So apparently, you know, there was this cut scene of Dean walking down the road, and he was, it wasn't a sad scene, thank goodness, because I was worried at first. Mm. I had completely forgotten about that with the the promo images. So, hmm. right. Yeah. Well, maybe DVDs, maybe? That would be nice. Hopefully. Because yeah. it's a weird scene for them to... If it had nothing that pushed the episode along, it's a weird scene to have. Mm-hmm. I wonder. So I wonder I wonder what was going on there, if it, unless it was just to show it maybe the outside of the bunker, but we've seen the outside of the bunker. Also, why is Dean walking? Um, well, at the end, when they say goodbye to Charlie, the cars are parked, like, a block away. And didn't Jared tweet that the city of Vancouver had the area there blocked off, so they had to, like, park and walk instead of having the car mm. right out front. I think it was filming logistics, but I kind of I kind of wondered, because the cars were, like, a block away, though. I mean, I thought the car really shouldn't be parked right out front all the time, that she needed to stay. Yeah, I've, I've thought mm. about that, but the way the yeah. normal image implies mm-hmm. that like, walk to the corner store kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which I just find yeah. kind of adorable, but you know, apparently we have to, everything that's adorable. We don't, we don't really have the neighborhood of the bunker. I mean, it looks like it's in the woods, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I, for all we know, there's an entire shopping mall across the street. <laughs> you know, we just have that's to see true. It. 
We know a grocery store. So now we need a floor plan of the bunker, and we're going to go ahead and use Google Maps of the outside. So if someone in production could get on that, thanks. I know. Well, we have the... We have the coordinate, coordinates of the bunker, right? Because that's how the guys found it. So you could put them in and see what's really there. Well, it is, I mean, we don't know if it's... Um, apparently, it's in like the dead center of the country. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the actual middle. I don't know. I think, I think SuperWiki had that on. I think mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned it, and I think I read it there, too. It's like the dead center of the country, which I think is really cool. Yeah, uh, we would have to look look up what exactly it is, and I'm assuming it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I I wonder about the neighborhood. It's like, do do people see them around? It's like, oh, somebody moved back into the bunker. Oh, somebody bought that. I wonder. We've always wondered what goes on there. I'm a, I'm a little bit. I'm curious about the neighbors if there are. Any I want to know that building, <laughs> the big building that you see, you know, above the bunker. Is that mm-hmm. part of the bunker? Is you know, is that part of the? Oh. Is that or is that some other building? You know that you know. Are, is the bunker completely underground, or is that big building part of the Men of Letters bunker? Good question. Yeah, I. Hmm. I know the bunker is is like a little bit like the TARDIS. You know, yeah, it's it bigger really. on the inside. <laughs> well, um, Amanda had just had tweeted that, that to us not too long ago, a couple, maybe 15, 20 minutes ago, that it's exactly like the TARDIS, bigger on the inside. Like, yes. <laughs> um, and of course, we have to, you know, talk about cute things as well. So Charlie's uh, costume montage. Who doesn't <laughs> love a good montage? Um, I and we got to hear her favorite song, "Walking on Sunshine" again. And I yes, and I love that we're hearing it, and you just think it's like typical montage song, and then Dean reaches for her iPhone and turns it off. So <laughs> he was subjected to it too. And I love I love that. <laughs> and I love that while she's doing all that, Dean's just sitting there making her FBI badge. I, you know, I just love that. You know, Dean's doing arts and crafts while she's shopping. <laughs> while she's trying to <laughs> It's the high school experience Dean never had. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also, like, it's one of those lame things that just makes you kind of chuckle, chuckle to yourself. But I was like, you know, we have when Dean called Sam uh, a red-headed woman for, for Scully and Mulder. But now Dean mm-hmm. is actually playing FBI with a red-headed woman. And I love that. Even yeah. I'm like an X-Files <laughs> junkie. I still thought that was super cute <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I, I, when she finally came out in her pants and everything, I went, oh, my God, it's Scully. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh. And there was, there's an actual Scully shout-out in this episode. Robbie Thompson tweeted that um, – the newspaper at the beginning that Dean picks up, um, you know, when they're, he's in this um, video game thing, um, the dream, uh-huh. at the beginning and he picks up that newspaper, the article is written by a D. Scully. Oh. oh I was, that's so cool. That's <laughs> Thank you, cool. Robbie. Uh, and I like, I think, I think you made me watch this once, Becky. Um, there's a fan vid like comparing Dean and, yes. and Mulder. 
Uh-huh. How they're both, like, goofy. Because I didn't know. I didn't really watch X-Files, so I didn't know that Mulder was goofy. I just it's not something I'm aware of until I watched that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's all kinds of adorable. Yes, so. he is goofy. <laughs> Mulder definitely had his goofy time. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> to get back to Sam and the trials. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sam and the trials. <laughs> because, you know, it, I, I, he is he is not well. I mean, even Sam no. under the effects of the trials is still more of a hunter than a lot of hunters out there. He definitely was not at the top of his game. When he first went to the shooting range, I mean, he was. Couldn't hit the side of a barn. And I, I love how he went back himself to try again, you know, very stubbornly. And and then he looked and he shot, not too bad. At least he got into the tart and he went, good enough. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, went off to the went off to the crime scene and got there first. And he was like, what took you so long? I saw some discussion, um, I don't know, probably on Twitter, because that's the only thing I understand how to use. But where people were like, you know, it was really irresponsible of Sam, but I thought it was really commendable of Sam that he was kind of like, you know what, Charlie's inexperienced. I don't want my brother out there alone. They could both get, like, that's the way I feel like it. That's the mentality I provided for Sam. And like you said, on his worst day, Sam's still better than 99% of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so. scene, um, everybody, I'm sure, saw it where um, Jared was, when he was live tweeting the West Coast airing, um, the scene at the, when the Impala drives up to the um, to the crime scene and the, at the yellow tape, Jared's parents are standing there. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And you can, you can see mm-hmm. him, you can pause it, and you can see his mom and dad standing there. So I thought that was really cute. Jared and Jensen yes. both managed to get their parents in episodes. I think that's really cool. I agree. Definitely. Oh, and I liked how um, Charlie went over to question the two two kids that had found the body. That, of course, they you know were really poking a poking a body like that with a sharp stick. That's an awesome idea. Really great. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and I like as soon as they started poking, I was like, oh, here comes the blood splatter scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I could think of was, um, was it, and play things with, dude, I'm not going to poke it with a stick. <laughs> like, see, you should not poke things with sticks. This is what happens when you poke things with sticks. <laughs> and I love how both kids scream. <laughs> well, I like how Charlie was like, before they got covered in childhood trauma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, and that reminds me of that her her line, I don't want to miss the bromet, and then that leads me to the fact that she's read all the Carver Edlin books. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And I like how irritated Sam was like with the brothers. She's like, Yeah, they're online now. No. <laughs> so good luck with that. And if I had been Sam, I would have been like, No, no, no. Amelia's still alive. So we're I'm progressing. Right, right. I don't, kill every, I don't kill every girl with my penis. We're, every, everything's getting better. Well, she's still alive, but for how long? <laughs> you know. True. You know, we, don't, mean, know. we, we don't know if she's still alive. The last time we saw her, she was still alive. So. I assume yeah. she's alive and drinking somewhere. <laughs> 
I'm never letting that go. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is never going to happen. I will never have closure on Amelia the Alcoholic, and it's just so upsetting to me. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wonder what to say. Well, you know what? That's too much of a tangent away from this episode, but it was thing about Amelia and drinking and Dean and drinking and Sam wondering. Dean, like, I went from Dean's my brother not, drinking to the, my girlfriend drinking and, you know, anyway. Dean's not drinking I always, anymore. I always... Yeah, but I did. I did mention. I think in one of my recaps was when I was trying to do. When I was like, "But Amelia's a drunk," I basically was like, "Oh, Sam's dating his brother, but in like non-related female form. Mm-hmm. You have a type." Which I didn't mean it in a like you know dirty way. It was more in a like projection kind of way. Mm-hmm. But you know, nothing came out of that, so it was all in my head apparently. Whatever. <laughs> And, you know, since Dean's been back from purgatory, he's not been drinking as much. At, I don't think yeah, he's, not, he's not drinking to excess anymore. No. So, you know, he'll have a beer every now and then, but we don't see him, you know, drinking out of the flask mm-hmm. constantly, you know, and everything. And, no, no. no. And, he'll, and he drinks, you know, he drinks whiskey, but it's more in this, like, nightcap, um, mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner kind of way, like, you know, Ascot sort of way. <laughs> But this man of letters, right? Ah, yeah, the man of letters kind of way. It's yes. not really a a drink away the pain kind of thing anymore. It's more like I deserve this beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I think he was trying to tell Sam to go home, which was they have a oh, home. Oh, I did like that. Yeah, not back to the motel, not back to Bobby's, not back to the cabin. It's back. Home. Yeah, because he doesn't and, say, you know, go back to the bunker. It's home. Yeah. I and love that they have a home. I love it so much. I do, too. And, and mm-hmm. again, again, this, this Men of Letters, this bunker thing is, like, the most awesomest idea ever. And it's just, it can just go on forever with discoveries and what's in there and what it has and what it, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! And I know some people were kind of um, had concerns about the bunker that it giving them a home because you know we have the whole basis of the motels, but we still get the motels because they still have to go on cases. But having a home yeah. base that's theirs, not mm-hmm. just that they like are squatting in, but this is actually something that's bequeathed to them. It's it's legitimately theirs. Mm-hmm. And you know when we're not. You know, we're not crashing at Rufus's. We're not, you know, I, I just, I really, really enjoy it. And, you know, because I yeah. enjoy domesticated Dean like a big nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too, very, very much. Makes the makes perfect sense for him and the, him and the character. And it's a part of him just as much as being, like, one of the biggest badasses ever is, you know. Yeah, Dean Dean is a big badass, but he is also the biggest family man ever. And mm-hmm. he's the biggest, I just, softest softie ever. Like, at, he really is, like, at mm-hmm. the very heart of it. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, you can tell how much he cares about uh, Charlie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how much he just cares about Everybody that, you know, the person in peril in each episode, you know, he always, you know, 
he's always like, you know, we've got to save them. We've got to, you know, he's always mm-hmm. cares and worries about it. I just love that Dean loves everybody so much and cares about them and just wants to keep everybody safe. I just love that about him. Yeah, and speaking of love, this episode was just full of hugs. It was just yeah. It was wonderful uh, because they were completely logical and within the context of the story and perfectly in character and loved it. Loved it. That I have well, to I, say that of all the Sam Dean hugs we've gotten through the years, the one in the, at the end of this episode is probably my favorite. Mm. Just, just because of what it meant, you know. You know, mm-hmm. Sam. Sam Dean comes in, Sam's going to apologize to him for, you know, for leaving when Dean told him not to leave and everything, and Sam's just mm-hmm. like, nope, giving him a hug and keeps on going, and I I, yep. just, I just love it. What I yeah. what I liked about it on, like, an, an, an acting level is the way the hug is and the moment that Sam reciprocates the hug, this absolute look of calm across Dean's face. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And the, the two hugs he gives, I love the hug he gives Charlie and the the really, the kiss on the head, which is just so, so mm-hmm. brotherly to me. So, like, I yeah. actually, like, you know, take care of yourself Very, kind, of, kind of hug. Yeah. And so yeah. both hugs had nonverbal moments aside from the, just the arms around kind of part of the hug that mm-hmm. I... Yes, Jensen Ackles can have the hug award. <laughs> the hug, I loved the when actor, best actor hug and TV award goes to Jensen Ackles. <laughs> I uh, I really liked him. Uh, speaking of little tiny tiny moments and gestures, when the first time he hugs Charlie, um, when they come out of the game and, he, and she and she goes to him and she just you know throws her arms around him and he hugs her and he just kind of plants his chin on top of her head like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a little tiny moment, a little tiny gesture, but it was it was perfect. You know, he just tucks her in and under his chin. You know, it's very sweet. It's lovely. I, I, you know, like I was texting earlier with a friend of mine who she was saying that um, she wished that there um, uh, that Charlie wasn't a lesbian so she and Dean could get together because she likes the relationship. And I was like, no. I said, I love the little Mm -hmm. sister relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's just absolutely perfect. And because she is basically the little sister that Dean never knew he wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, you you can't get any more perfect than that. It's just absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love them. And I, I also like that it's not like she and Sam are at, odds because they have their own interests, mutual interests, like like mm-hmm. you were talking before. Well, He's, he calls her your highness and he hugs her genuinely. Yes, and, I love that. And she tells, him, like, and she tells him, if any, anybody can do this, you can, you know, about the trials. Yeah. Like, you know, she's read the book. She said, if anybody can it, do this, you can. The and three of them, hugs, I love the hug that Sam gives her when she first gets there. Because he he ha his his body language is kind of like pulled back, he's got his hand in his pocket and then he just kinda of like pulls his hands out and opens up and gives her such a good hug and I like the dynamic that the three of them have. And mm-hmm. I'm not 
This isn't a show that I watch for romance, so I don't need a romantic interest for either one of them. Charlie could be male or female, my character works. The three of them do have the perfect sibling relationship going because I, I personally have two brothers, and my relationship with my uh, with my brother Dale is completely different than my relationship with my brother Dustin. You know, because mm-hmm. they're you know they're two totally different people. So it's you know I don't love one of them more than the other. It's just you know a different kind of relationship, and so it's the same you know with Charlie and Sam and Dean. She loves Sam and Dean equally. But she just has a different, you know, kind of relationship with each one. Mhm. Mm. And um, I see fangasm ladies tweeting, and they want to know because we did we watch that surprise hug over and over. Uh, I certainly did many times. So. <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> I was I was sadly I'm usually really good about avoiding Twitter while the show is airing. But um, I was also watch before I watched the episode. I was watching the NBA playoffs, and so I was looking at tw- uh, Twitter for NBA stuff, and I got spoiled for the hug. Mm. So I knew that there was going to be um, a brother hug, and so, but I didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't know there was going to be a you know the very mm-hmm. much the heart part first, so. Even though I was spoiled for the hug, I, I, it was a surprise hug. So, yeah, I did rewind mm-hmm. a few. <laughs> yeah. And um, at the at the beginning of this, Sam and Dean talk about the trials and how Dean is trying to keep Sam in the bunker. You know, he's afraid to let him out. He's afraid something's going to happen to Sam. He doesn't think he can hunt. And Sam is very in, insistent that he, he can you know, and and I, I'm sure he knows that. Yeah, well, he does know things are happening to him. This is changing him, but he still wants out. And Dean's so afraid. You know, he won't let him go. He won't let him do his job. He's not. And I under I understand. You know, he he wants to take care of him and protect him, but he can't. And at at the end, he he and Charlie realize that they they have to let go, and. And, and Dean has to give Sam the chance to to do this and believe in him because that that will help him succeed if he knows that that Dean trusts him enough to to go through this and it's a big step for Dean. Um, we we have a caller. <laughs> and, um, we can let them on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, hello, Winchester Radio. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, I am Scarlett. <laughs> I just have to say I loved this episode. It was I, I loved it even more than I thought I would and I was looking forward to it <laughs> even then. Uh-huh. Um, but I just I love Robbie Thompson because I just am adoring his writing. I think he makes so many great callbacks. And mm-hmm. I love the way he writes both of them. I think he has a really good grasp on both Sam and Dean. Work. I'm not agree. always sure sometimes, but I think he just has a really good grasp on them both. He doesn't, like you guys touched on earlier, he doesn't dumb Dean down, which I love, because <laughs> sometimes that frustrates me. Mm-hmm. And there's always, mm-hmm. he just, mm-hmm. he, I think he respects them both a lot. But to the real point I called is that I, I love, too, that he called back to when, it was Dean who said, 
I think, in the season seven episode with Charlie. She's like the little sister I never had. Mm-hmm. And never wanted. <laughs> I said, oh, like little sister I never wanted. That's what he said. And I love how they how they built on that without making it seem forced or anything. And I think this episode really kind of brought that around. And so I, mm-hmm. I love the way they did it without forcing it too much. And it just felt, felt very natural and organic. So I, I really love that. Oh, yeah. And I completely agree. And, you know, Robbie, every episode that Felicia did, Robbie wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of great. I, and I have to wonder sometimes if they know they just, I mean, what comes first, the, the guest star or the episode? Because You know, do they have this episode and this idea? And then I, they need to get the guest star, or I always kind of interests me <laughs> on how they. I would imagine that. in this case it was probably not probably. I would have, I would say it was built around her. Mhm. Yeah. This and, case. I think it depends per episode whether it's and, which what came first, the chicken or the egg. And you know, I I kind of you know I you know, kind of think that we may have had something to do with it because um, with Felicia being in this episode, because the last episode she was in before this, LARP and the Real Girl, during our podcast with Felicia. Remember, Jim Michaels yeah. was tweeting her, and we were, she was talking about the painting of um, Charlie and how she wanted that painting, and he said, you know, come back for an episode and you can get the painting. And so, you know, and that was all happening during our podcast. So, you know, I kind of like, you know, my imagination is like, woohoo, because of us, she came back, you know. <laughs> but it is, I thank you, because I think, even though I did not like her, I really liked her in this episode, because I think she felt just more of a complete character. To believe mm-hmm. I completely it's just, it's nice to under Yeah, it's nice to understand where she's coming from and where before it's kind of, gosh, she's kind of a cool character. She's fun. These episodes are going to be fun. But this one, uh, yeah, she just, you know, it really brought the heart, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, Mm -hmm. And a lot of emotion I I wasn't expecting. Yep. As much as I like Felicia Day, and I really do, after um, the the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo and everyone was like, she needs to come back. I was like, no, she doesn't. I enjoyed that. She can move on just fine. Um, but now I'm like, oh, no, she could totally come back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Now, yeah, exactly. Now I actually hope she comes back. And before it was like I can take her or leave her. But now exactly, I would totally, exactly I totally how I want her back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't need to see her like every other episode or anything, yeah. you know, because then it's not. No, but in the same anymore, capacity that we see totally Garth, see her we see Garth every now and then, and Garth breaks mm-hmm. him up, breaks up the the formula, and provides a mirror and some fodder. Charlie works in the mm-hmm. same way, and so I like yeah, exactly. that we have two I think characters small like that. Are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too much would be too much, but just, you know, every once in a while. Exactly. Like they did uh, this time, two or three episodes is pretty cool. So, yeah, and I just wanted to say, too, I thought it was such a cool idea to do, the like, the fear gin instead of the yeah. gin, you know. <laughs> I thought that was such a cool idea to have almost, like, another race of gin. That, that was really cool idea. You know, you know those, um, those deodorant commercials that keep saying that, that 
that stress sweat and fear sweat smell different. Did anybody else hear that? Because I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can smell your stress sweat. So, so now what you're saying to keep to keep these fear gins away, we need to make sure we use the fear sweat deodorant. Degree. I think it's degree. I think it's degree okay. you have to wear. But and, that reminds me. That too, I liked how they, you know, she made sure the gin made sure to mention that she could smell the fear on Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could smell the fear yeah. on both of them, both Sam and yeah. Dean. And I thought, wow, oh, because there's. They are so afraid. There's a lot going on with the trials and Kevin and everything else. And even though they don't show it, she could smell that both of them, both of them are afraid, which I thought was really because cool. Because we, we rarely think of the Winchesters as being afraid. We're mm-hmm. out, yeah. we really don't see them as fearful because, you know, they're the heroes. So mm-hmm. I like that subtle way of nailing out that they're both pretty much terrified right now. Which I don't know, um, it reminded me of last week's Doctor Who episode, which was about fear. And we saw the doctor actually afraid, you know, which you we've never seen the doctor admit that he's afraid. So, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that. Well, I just stopped the conversation there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about Doctor was, Who for a second. That's well, all. And it reminded me. It reminded me that when I watched that episode, all I could think was, which I, I didn't think it was that great. And I just kept thinking, you know what? It just, Sam and Dean would have just laughed their way through that. You know, just unable to solve it. Like well, for me, that was spoilers because I'm behind yeah. on Doctor Who. Um, sorry, sorry. Well, it's not really, you know, it's not a big spoiler. You still don't know what happened in the no, episode. Not, so. No, like, you know. What I was thinking of was is fear itself from Buffy, and so uh, I love when the gin, when the gin said that when she said that, I went, "Who's the little fear demon?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in the um, the gin thing, he found it in his dad's journal, right? Right. But he obviously right. didn't know it was a fear gin. So what I'm I'm wondering now is, does he ever, you know, make notes in his dad's journal now? That is, I just, it kind of, it fascinates me. Cause we never really see him do that, but would he, you know, it, it seems like it'd be smart to go back and say, okay, well, this, this gin, you know, smells <laughs> on fear or, or whatever. But I just think it'd be kind of neat if he was continuing it, but we never see it. But he seems to be the one that always has it, so I would think it would be him rather than Sam. Becky, you're better this kind of stuff than I am. Isn't there an episode that where they do talk about making, like, notations in the journal or mm-hmm. adding something? I think so. Updating. Yeah, well, I think they do. There is, but... And, and they, um, it's act, there's actually an episode this season with the men of Letters Bunker where Sam says, you know, they need, you know update the men of letters and stuff with their information. Yeah. yeah. Like the index or whatever like they were talking mm-hmm. about. He was going through all that. <laughs> I like to, and, you know, check out the episode I'm about to reference. Everybody be real surprised. In Swan Song, <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> we we find out, like for us, Sam and Dean are constantly doing something, but we find out that they have a lot of downtime. 
yeah. So I would I yeah. would like to think that during their downtime they they make little notes for themselves and update things and put her around like, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I would mm-hmm. like to think that. See, I did I did pay attention to Swan Song. What? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baseball, look at the stars. Blah blah. Little green shoulders. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> well, apparently, they have a lot of time, especially Dean, to watch all these shows and movies that he references all the time. Exactly. He has a lot of time to read books and watch bad movies. Yep. <laughs> I love seeing Alien Shout Out entirely in the bunker. Oh, the alien shout out was fantastic to me. I was like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, we're a play in hitch. Yeah, an episode in the bunker would be awesome just because, I don't know, yeah. I just noticed this time, and maybe it's the first time we've seen it, but on the outside, on the outside shot, there's at least one shot where you see there's like train tracks like right by them, the trains mm-hmm. going by. <laughs> Which is like, oh, I think that's how it's apparently in town somewhere. It's just at, at first it kind of seemed like it was way out in the, the sticks somewhere, but it, it really mm-hmm. seems like it's, it's kind of just outside of town or maybe in an industrial area or something. Yeah, I was saying for all we know there's a, really a giant cool shopping episode. mall across the street. <laughs> I think um, a really cool episode to have would be kind of like uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, Buffy season seven, where she her day keeps looping. I would love to have a day where they're looping inside the bunker and they don't realize it for a long time. <laughs> that would make me really happy because we would have a monster of the week and we'd have a whole lot of time in the bunker and that would please me greatly. And I'm sure the location people would be down for it, so somebody break that episode. Just be Bobby Thompson. cooking and cleaning, cooking and cleaning Dean, cooking and cleaning Dean. Right, yeah. if you're listening, write that episode. <laughs> and I, and, Get an and, image of Dean, like, with, you know, a toothbrush, scrubbing out, grout and stuff. Right in the middle of the just make pancakes and then vacuums. I want that episode. <laughs> I uh, I need my Christmas tree. Yes. See, it won't be for a while, but I need my Christmas tree. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> I have to give a big shout-out to... Um, the Charlie Bradbury's nail polish in this episode? Yes, I was gonna, I wanted to talk about that, but I couldn't figure out an appropriate for <laughs> 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 It I was really very nice. Nail polish. Uh, she was rocking some good nail polish there. Yes, so Felicia, if that was your nail polish and you're listening, please let us know brand and color. Or mm. if it was the makeup department's doing, please let us know brand and color. Becky, Becky and I, this nail polish is very serious business to us, and we need to know these things. Yes, very important. Yeah, and she had some more great outfits, her great T-shirts, the kitty yes, I did, saga. I did enjoy saga? her. I enjoyed her tweet about her mustard pants. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, and I like that she's colorful. I, um, another tweet of Felicia's. She, you know, she's at a convention this weekend. And she tweeted yesterday a picture of her holding a copy of The Hobbit. Um, so Aww. by that time, when she when she tweeted yesterday, she had already um, been um, been asked to sign three um, Hobbit books. Three different fans had brought Hobbit 
bookstore to find. Mm-hmm. I think that is so very awesome. The de- you know, two days after the episode airs, she's at a convention and Supernatural fans are having her sign the Hobbit. I think that is so cool. Mm-hmm. That's adorable. I love that. It is. And I love that her, her mother is the reason that she is the way she is, why, why she likes Lord of the Rings and Spanish things. I like that about Charlie because I overly identify with that because my mother is the reason that I, she's not as geeky as I am, but she really provided me the tools to be a geek. And I Mm -hmm. really liked when uh, Charlie says that she had siblings, but they were um, Xbox and PS3 because my sibling was Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Hmm. So I... I really over-identified with that, but really a lot. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I was the kid who put on who put on Super Mario Brothers and would play as Mario and Luigi. So you know, <laughs> sad but true. I'm not a game and, person, and I'm like I'm not even sure why this episode was named Pac-Man Fever. That was one of the things I was going to ask, and like I because I, I mean I recognize the name, but I don't yeah, know. It's, well, it's Probably. a song, but also when you go through Pac-Man, there's 255 levels. When you get to level 256, or you try to get to level 256, the screen corrupts. And it reboots you, and you start over. But you start over, but all the... They're all still at high-level speed. So you don't start over where the where the ghosts are slow speed. They're They're at super speed. So okay. that's 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 her level two fifty six reference, and that's the whole thing. That's it's called a kill the screen. Like, yeah, the yeah the reference to a kill screen was in a video game. Yeah, when you when people reference a kill screen, that's the original kill screen. Um, okay. And I liked. Nobody ever remembers this game, but there's a game um, called Red Faction, which is a, a first person shooter game, and. Her her video game that she loops herself into reminds me a lot of like a hybrid between um, Red Faction and oh, oh um oh they made a bunch of movies out of it now I can't think about it even though I used to play it with Mila Jovovich and everyone thought Jensen was going to be in it oh how I how I'm being I'm drawing my brain wants to say Final Destination I don't know why. Uh, well, she mentioned. Yeah, I think it was Resident Evil. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That was Resident it. Evil. Exactly what I meant. She mentioned the game that um, when she was twelve, that she. Yeah. Um, um, right. And doesn't it? It's the its name is Red something. Is it, did she say Red Faction? Yeah, it's not the same game though. Okay. Red Faction came out um, around the the in the uprise of Metal Gear Solid and Halo, it just didn't pick up the momentum that those two did. And so everyone has forgotten about Red Faction, and it makes me very sad because I really liked that game. I like that the the bad guys in the game in this were, they were like zombie vampires. They sound, I thought they were zombies when they first started. They sounded just like the zombies on The Walking Dead, but... 
that gargle. Zombie vampire <laughs> Nazis, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're, the vampires are expanding because we've had vampires <laughs> this season. <laughs> and now zombie vampires. It reminded me of the old computer game Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. I remember that game. I have to say, it was a really neat shot in the the um, teaser, where he was walking down the uh, Dean was walking down the hall, and it was kind of an overhead shot of all the dead bodies. It was kind of mm-hmm. really cool shot. <laughs> like, come yes. Bob Singer, excellent director. Yeah, I liked um, when the camera was sort of revolving, and both times the the gin was right there. It was like you were watching Sam turn and then all of a sudden the shin was there and Charlie the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that was, was a really cool camera cool setup to that. Yes. Yeah, I liked that a lot. And did did you guys think uh, there was a second gen, a kid? I did, because I thought he's sloppy. Probably a kid. Made me think of... That totally took me by surprise, because to be honest, again, it's just for those weird things, the actual gin part of this was so secondary to me to that to the right right to yeah. the depth of the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess I did like Dean's way of getting out of it was to stop fighting, stop fighting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then when he still shoots, and Charlie tells him, "Steven, you can't stop." <laughs> and I I enjoyed that. Also, can we take a moment, speaking of that, those scenes, can we take a moment to appreciate the guns on Felicia Day? Because her arms are very nice. I don't want yes, she does. She is, she is, yes, very, very nice arms. Oh, those are nice yeah. arms to have, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I like her game. I like her gaming outfit. That looked pretty cool, you know, and very practical, sexy and practical. You, you want to know my very favorite scene probably with Charlie in the whole episode, though, was when Dean didn't ex- Dean expect her to shoot like a girl when he takes her to Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she yes. just boom, boom, boom. The first thing I shot. thought of. Well, I love that he uh, just accepted that, too. He's like, okay, you can go. <laughs> you can come with yeah, that. Yeah, like, first thing I thought was like, all right, come on. Like, this is a gamer girl. Of course she knows how to shoot. Are you kidding and me? And what I liked about it was, you know, he's like, okay, so she can shoot. I've got to kind of, you know, he's like, he had to come up with something else that she had to change, you know. So it's like, uh, you, you can't wear novelty T-shirts, you know. <laughs> well, I also think that's a legitimately Dean, the legitimate Dean way of thinking about it. Because, number one, obviously she can't go in as a fed in her novelty T-shirt. But I also feel like Dean would be like, you're not coming with me dressed like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of clothes, one I like the the bringing back of Dean's uh, red overshirt because that's oh, my yeah. second favorite Dean overshirt. Uh, yeah, first that favorite is the mustard plaid. Yes, the, my very first favorite is the mustard plaid. The mustard plaid makes me very happy, but my second has always been the red. Um, mm. But I also like the plaid shirt. I like the plaid shirt he's wearing at the end, and I don't remember ever seeing that particular one before. Yeah, that that was a new one, I think. Very Mm. bright and light. You know, that's what I noticed this season, too, is that uh, he's been wearing a lot more brighter colors. Mm -hmm. I guess it kind of makes sense, because he was in a really dark place last season, and he 
more and more muted colors in this season. Even though he's got a lot mm-hmm. going on and still a lot of problems, I think he's been a way better place still than he was in season seven and maybe even season six. But and I do feel I feel like this season we're getting a lot of um like some throwbacks though. Like I mentioned, we've seen the mustard plaid, we're getting the red shirt, Sam's repeated some shirts that we had I feel like we hadn't seen in a while. Um, like really, really like early season throwback. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get to see Sam's reverse shirt. <laughs> the, the red uh, light, the red white floral. Yes. No. I love, that shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt. I don't care what you and Clarissa say. I love that shirt, and I love that Jared wore it to like. What did he wear to like the Teen Choice Awards or Teen something? Teen Choice Awards, yeah. Yes, I love that. That I shirt is a is a nightmare. It is. <laughs> and I love it, it is. I'm sorry. It does nothing for him. But Becky, were you at the icon where somebody in the audience asked Jared and yes. called it his maternity shirt? Yes. And, yes. and he kind of yes. he took this step back. He took a step back and he went and he kind of went blink blink like you call it the maternity shirt. And I have a feeling he went back and said. And burned it and <laughs> said never again. Well, it's well, why. It looks like it's yeah, because it looks like a button down, but it's not actually a button down. Like the buttons only yeah. go to like the, the middle, and then it's it's shirt. And I don't care. I love it. <laughs> I, I you can say, love it. I have to say, as much as I hate that shirt, and I think it's just the ugliest shirt ever made. I would actually like to see it again because it'd be like you know all nostalgia. You know, so, yes. You know, so you know. Could I hold it on the bed that we haven't seen yet? It, well, I would like to point out. Yeah, I would like to point out that Sam doesn't fit into the the t-shirt with the dog on it anymore. So I'm pretty sure we're not seeing that one anymore. But right, yeah. We asked. About I that feel like you could still wear the yeah. maternity shirt. And, yes, mm-hmm. I love it. I don't care. <laughs> I'd like to point out the impracticality of a white shirt in their business with blood and gust and goop. I mean, but, you know, it's like and it's yet gone. It survived. It has the red. It has the red flowers on it. So if you get blood on it, it just it makes the thing. You can't tell the difference between the blood exactly. or the red flowers. Thank so. you for defending my favorite shirt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I keep you. <laughs> to know my place. It's white. No. <laughs> or at the very least, barbecue. <laughs> Just, no, it's um, and because I know, I don't think they do it anymore, but there used to be, I think it was on Live Journal, it was a community that kept track of the clothes, like the laundry something. We're not sure. I don't remember what it's called. And I'm assuming no one does it anymore. I'm pretty, I would imagine it's probably a dead community. But, um, that used to keep track Simple, of what Simple Wiki. Simple Wiki no, but this has a pretty good community. Yeah, this was old. Okay. This was this was during. Like yeah, I remember. I remember the one two. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder whatever happened to. Oh no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't go on live stream anymore, so I don't know. But I wonder because that was always very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know uh, the wiki has it now. Mm-hmm. And on a totally different yeah. subject, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. did, I thought the there's the cute little joke about um, how Dean was kind of terminally late this episode because he was kind of late 
to the to everything. Yeah. Oh, beat yeah. Him. And then I love that he was late to the coroner's office and the other two were there and he's like, I had to get gas. I laughed so hard at the line. <laughs> <laughs> I had to well, stop the gas. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier because Robbie said that that was a line that was ad-libbed by Jensen. So we're trying to figure <laughs> out, well, then why, why were Charlie and Sam there first? Yeah, so yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, I thought so, it was the Clippers line, like the 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 hair. Both of them. He said both of them were ad libbed. Yeah, really? the gas line, the gas line, and the Clippers. That's line, yeah, I wonder what the excuse was before. Yeah, lost or something. <laughs> Vinny and I were like, talking. What? It's like so when he comes in and Sam, you know, asks like, you know, what took you so long, or where have you been, or whatever. Was there just no line at all? <laughs> what, well, that's know, what I, my, I was like. Was there was there no line there at all? Like Sam never said. What took you so long was like was Jared being sarcastic, and that said Jensen like the opportunity to have a, uh, a line, or was there yeah. a different answer? Yeah, I wonder if it just was a switched line then, because it seems like it's kind of crucial that he had some reason for being late. Yeah, so know. because because without that moment, it really does actually make no sense because Charlie and Sam shouldn't have gotten there first. I right. did also like. Um, tying in with that, I love that. I find it hilarious that Sam, that Dean left both of them. That was really funny to me. But I like that Sam's like, oh, don't worry about it. I stole your car. And Charlie's like, oh, God, wait, what? You stole my car? <laughs> yeah. And I was talking about Great. that. With, yeah. Well, and I was talking about that with my friend Sue the other day because we were discussing that, that moment because people seem to, and I mean, fandom as well as people, characters within the show, everyone kind of pegs Sam as like the harmless one, but he's not harmless in the least. He's just as capable and scary as Dean is, if not sometimes scarier. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, you That's would never think that Sam one. would. Yeah, you never would think that Sam would be the one to hotwire the car. But in reality, of course, he's the one to hotwire the car. Duh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his first so either. I, We've seen him do it before. I really, really enjoyed that moment. My husband, always gets, my husband always gets so mad when he's watching and they're hot wiring on any show, not just Supernatural, and they're hot wiring a car because he's like, do you know how much that tears up the car? You know, I have this, this anger when people like, Hotwire a car that's like a new model. Like you can't hotwire new model cars. It doesn't yeah, work. No. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have this huge aggravation about that. Like you can't hotwire well, something that was. Too, yeah. Like you mm-hmm. can't hotwire 2005. Are you kidding me? No. Stop. I like Jensen's delivery of "shut up," and he's used that tone before because he doesn't just say "shut up." He goes "shut up," and it's so mm. like annoyed and, and cranky and and like don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and, and I and I and yes I know you're right and I don't want to hear it. So shut up. <laughs> before I had seen before I had seen Robbie's tweets about the ad lib, um the same friends who and I were talking she's like, did that clippers line, did that sound like really Jared and Jensen and not Sam and Dean? I was like yeah, it really did. And then I saw Robbie's tweets after the fact, and I was like, well, that explains why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. Now, I also wondered about the next line that, that uh, Dean says, because, you know, he, he tosses the beer at Sam 
Sam misses because of, of he's not himself. And he goes, see, that's why we can't have nice things. And I've heard <laughs> Robbie say that. that. Was scripted because Rob, was like, yeah, Robbie said it was scripted, yeah. Yeah, because somebody asked him if that one was ad-libbed, and he said, no, that was scripted. What was ad-libbed was the Clippers line. Yeah, it's funny because I've actually heard Jensen say that. That's why the first first mass, they said, you know, Jensen always tells Jared at conventions, that's why we can't have nice things. Every time Jared breaks a microphone, Jensen tells him, this is why we can't have nice things. And the the person asked. Yeah. And so that's what the person asked. And Robbie said, no, that was actually scripted, but the Clippers line and the uh, Stop for Gas line, those were ad-libbed by Jensen. Talking about lines, one line that kind of took me out of the scene, took me out of the whole episode, was when um, Charlie was leaving to go get food, and she said, and, I, and unlike Sam, I won't forget the pie. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how, how would Charlie know that Sam forgets the pie uh, unless it was in the Carver Edlin books? You know, I assume that mm-hmm. I assume that Chuck had put put it in the books. When she said it, um, and I, it didn't throw me out. I had weird feelings about that that moment because I thought it worked in a whole like little sister teasing kind of way, but uh, I was thinking, you know, I get, Robbie I get put kind of weird when certain character ticks are overused, and so Dean's pie character tick. It's come up a lot this season already, and it's that, like, the bitch and jerk. Like, certain character ticks, when they're overused, they lose the endearment for me. And so I'm starting to feel that way about the pie. So that was I would my like to see... Movie. But that's very much a personal thing that I have, no matter what the show is, like, whether it's Supernatural or any other show. Overused character um, ticks get to me. Bitch, jerk, we haven't seen since second season. No. So. So I would like to see Bitch Jerk again. But I, I agree yeah. with the pie thing. And yeah. I well, agree. But I just don't think Charlie would have known about that. And she didn't bring back food. She didn't bring back pie. <laughs> so no. another people with pie cheese, and he still pie. didn't get his pie. <laughs> you know the one that kind of threw me? It wasn't that one. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. you know the line that threw me was... Um, when she said thanks for saving the world, and then she also mentioned cast later, and it made me think oh, that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, it made me think that there must be more. Thing. Yeah, and it made me think that there must be more books. He must have well because he was I, gonna I continue publishing, and he must have done it because yeah, I, the book I stopped with Dean going to It was posthumous. Yeah, I assumed it was posthumous publishing because he finished the last book. Yeah. So I just assumed that it was like an automatic, like somehow this, you know, he has a, like sent it off to his publisher right before the end. Yeah, I, he did I, it I anyway, even it, though he said he wasn't going yeah, to. Or, he, maybe he just did it, figuring right, that he wouldn't check. In Swan Song, yeah, Chuck, the whole, ep- the whole episode, that's what he's doing is writing that book. Yeah, so that, exactly. You know, so so the, you know, they must have been published. That. So we, yeah, we finally learned that they, they did publish the rest of them past, Dean going to hell because he must have. But and I guess well, that must have been where she learned about Cass because she hasn't ever met Cass or. Well, I mean, if, and, they, if you know, they could have just published up to Swan Song, and Swan Song could have been the last one. 
you know, Castiel mm-hmm. was in that yeah. one, and yeah, yeah, and, and they, you know, they did save the world. Sam, you know, Sam went to hell, but they saved mm-hmm. the world, and so you know, it could have been just up to that and nothing past that. Yeah, I'd love to introduce Charlie to Cass. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I thought was weird too, because she says that Castiel, I don't know, what does she call him? Dreamy. That was dreamy, which dreamy, is a weird yeah. line. That, that was like, like the one line that I was like, what? <laughs> that Yeah, that was the line that threw me out. Because I was like, how did yeah. she know? I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, even if she read the how books, did how did she know what he looked like unless it's just Chuck's description of what he looked like? Because I don't see Dean, it really, you know, even if you talked about Kaz, I don't see him describing him really. So it seems like exactly. it had to have been from the books. So yeah, that that's the line that threw me out with that one. Um, I also the other line that threw me out too was, but and it goes back to my my personal issue with the character ticks, her what's up bitches. I'm not a fan of it. I like. Sorry, it. I'm not I'm not on board. Wait, was it? I didn't quite hear you. Whenever when she walk when she drives up and she tells him what's up bitches. Oh, uh-huh. And, but again, like I said, I have that thing about overused character ticks. Did mm-hmm. she say that in the, the LARPing episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah, she says mm-hmm. that in all of them, yeah. So every ep- so yeah. everyone, every episode, yeah. Yeah. yeah so see, like, Peace out, bitches. I like, yeah. mm-hmm. I like the Han Solo line that gets turned around in this episode because she's used it in both, both her previous episodes, the I love you, I know. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it got turned around in this episode mm, kept me from having an eye roll moment about it. Had it been the other way around, I would have been like, okay, over the character tick. But having Dean parrot it, I was like, oh no, this is that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it worked on a lot of different levels. Yeah, I'm also the person who doesn't miss the the amulet, so you know, I walk alone. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, you know what? I actually don't miss it either. Thank you. It's not like I have an issue with the amulet. I just don't miss it. Yeah, it's like when he let it go. I mean, I, it kind of hurt at the time because I think it it kind of meant that he lost hope in a lot of things, God and Sam and stuff. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think it it represented some good things and some bad, and I, I'm all right with it. I kind of miss his ring more. I think it was an important growth <laughs> moment for Dean to let the amulet go. Yeah. And he kind of at the same. It was it at the exact same time. He pretty much stopped wearing the ring and all the jewelry, or did he mm-hmm. lose the rest of the jewelry pretty later? Much. It was all within that time frame. Yeah. Um. I I miss it because I'd like to know what happened to it. You know, I mean, I I suppose it could have stayed in the trash, but it's it's one of the things I wonder. Did did Sam it got thrown away, Susan? No. <laughs> How about the very the very oh. last episode of the series, Sam Sam gives it back to Dean. Again, I, he I, dug I, it out. I, I need to know. I need to know. Where did he get it? No. It was, it was such an important. It was such an important thing. It's in hell with Adam. It's in hell with Adam. No, I need to know. <laughs> Somewhere in a city far away, Jesse's sitting there twirling it on his finger. <laughs> I uh, 
I really, I also really, it's like the same thing. I, I have to know it bugs, bugs me still. It's like, why didn't Sam look for Dean? And I've been told over and over, it's like that's, there's nothing more to it. It's, it's cigar is just a cigar, but I, I, I can't let it go. <laughs> I thought, yeah. um, well, it, I think it's, it's Mary. It's Brett's bardic voice. I think in her, her dissertation about this episode, she had a, a very interesting thought about, um, that in saying that every time Sam has had to go on his own and decide how to do things and how to live his life without Dean, he has made the wrong choice every single time. So and I it's don't possible agree with that, that at the end, feel... this trial that, and including like not looking for Amelia, and then and then the right, and then this time again, he will have to have some kind of choice at the end of this, having to do with Dean. Maybe this time he'll make the right thing. I don't I, don't, I can knows. see the argument being made for that and on a meta level it makes a lot of sense. But I don't agree with it because I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that Sam didn't look for Dean. Mm. I don't you know think, I I don't I don't think I, it's a bad thing that he did. Mhm. You know, I understand. I can understand that maybe he was so. You know, I, I can kind of understand that he was in a place where he was just like, I can't do it anymore. But what mm. what bothered me was he he didn't. When it came to Dean, he didn't even. Well, wasn't apologetic. He wasn't like, you know, I should have or I'm sorry I didn't or. It just feels like it's unresolved just because he hasn't acknowledged Dean's feelings about it at all, and it just it feels. You know what I mean? It's kind of like mm-hmm. you just like you just got to deal with it. It was kind of like, really, you know, I, I mean, I, it's like, to me, if I went missing and my husband didn't even bother to look me, didn't even bother, this is like, oh, whatever, then I came back mm-hmm. at some point or managed to come back, I can imagine how hurt I would be, you know, it'd be like, man, you no, don't even I, try I to look for me, you. do you care Sam, at all? I think, I think yeah. the way Sam handled it after the fact is a dropped ball, like you're saying, you know, that he doesn't acknowledge, he doesn't validate Dean's feelings about it at all. Mm-hmm. But I think the yeah, initial fact that he didn't look for him, I don't have a problem with him. Not, yeah, I haven't. I don't have a problem with him not looking for Dean. What I uh, do, the thing is, I, I agree with you that I do have a problem with the fact that he doesn't seem to validate Dean's feelings about it at all. Yeah, well, like, I think it's it's almost like he was telling had, Dean that you don't have a right to be angry about it, and it was kind of like, well, yeah, I would. You know, who wouldn't be angry about it? Uh, and I still mm-hmm. was waiting for that apology because it seemed like they opened it up again. And goodbye, uh, no taxi driver. And they kind of opened yeah, that up. And it almost seemed like it would be a perfect opportunity for him to say, you know what, I, you know, I should have. But I, I realize now that you were in a horrible place and purgatory, and you know how terrible that could have been for you. You didn't have to be there mm-hmm. a whole year. Maybe I tried. Well, and I you know, like for them to both, I would like for them to both have a discussion about it in a moment where Sam validates Dean's feelings about, you know, feeling abandoned and hurt. And where mm-hmm. Dean um, accepts the fact that Sam just did what he was supposed to do in the real world, in a, in a literal way, you know. And so I wouldn't know me, what to do. I would have no friends, yeah. no family, no starting point. I wouldn't know what to do either, except drink myself into oblivion and probably hit a dog. The and thing then, is, you know, where, from there, his Sam, life dominoed into certain ways, you know. Sam had no idea where to look. You know, he didn't exactly. know. You know, all 
All he knew was, you know, Dean and, uh, you know, disappeared. That's all he knew. Um, Crowley mm-hmm. took Kevin no. and disappeared. But I do think that Sam, in that, in, in that essence, dropped the ball, was not with Dean, but with Kevin. I that, yeah. Yes, ag- agree. I agree. The fact that he didn't look for Dean, I don't see a problem with because like he had no idea where to go, where to look. He had he didn't have Bobby. He didn't have all of his previous resources. With Kevin, he did have an idea. Crowley took him, as we saw, you know, earlier in that in that episode. They had a summoning spell for Crowley. You know, they knew how to summon Crowley. So, and then Kevin was calling him, you know, over and over, mm-hmm. and he didn't even check his phone. So I do get upset that, that Sam completely ignored Kevin. But yeah, well, he had nothing. He had no idea. Well, I, I you know, I. I said it way back when to me you say Sam didn't have anything, he didn't have any resources, didn't have anybody. Sam had Sam. He had every bit of of knowledge and research capability and everything else he always had But he had no starting point. He ends he he had a spell for finding Crowley and Crowley was the last person to talk to Sam. So I I I so how would he be able to trust anything that if he tried told him and if he tried and and nothing came of it, fine. But he didn't even try that we yeah saw. that was so, the that was the big thing. It's like bothers well, me. Okay, you can try. Yeah, Dean could have failed. For all Sam knew, Dean could have been in another dimension. He could have been in the past. He could have been in the future. He could have been in hell. He could have been in heaven. You know, there's 50 million different places he could have been in. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but it's not like I, I'm okay with Sam trying and failing. It's the fact that he didn't even try something. Well, I, something. I'm pretty sure. And he did I it. He, he, I'm, I'm, I would think, I'm 100% sure he did do something, because I'm pretty sure he didn't just go, oh, well, Dean's gone, don't know where to look, I'm going to go find mm-hmm. the uh, dog to hit and hit on the, va- hit on the veterinarian. That's the way they portray I, it, you know, and that's the problem, I'm I think, sure. that's what you see. I'm 100% well, sure Dean, Sam didn't just, you know, walk out of the um, Roman Enterprises and, you know, move on with his life. You know, I'm pretty sure he... You know, mm-hmm. you know, well, we did see that he was surprised about it, and I'm I'm glad. And also, Jim Michaels told us that that was not the first time Sam had been to Rufus's exactly. cabin when he found it. So I I think that's why I think there's something else something else going on that perhaps we'll eventually hear about. Maybe I, I don't right. know. I, I, Sam, Sam, you know, Sam was going to the cabin all the time. Jim Michaels told us in our very first podcast for the season, mm-hmm. and so, um, so maybe he was going there because, for all he knew, maybe Dean would show up there like Dean did. Maybe he was mm-hmm. going back to the cabin, hoping maybe Dean would be there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, you know, I am mm-hmm. not personally offended like a lot of fandom is on this. I know the Sam that I know and love did not just, you know, go, oh, Dean's gone, mm-hmm. I'm going to go find me a new girl, yeah. you know. Well, that's why it's uh, such a shock, because it's not it's, it's not like him, so maybe. Um, we have we have a caller who's, like, 
called back and hung up and called back, and I feel so bad. So oh, I, I am I so like sorry. I've been on your time. Thank you very much. We enjoyed <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling bye. and listening. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, hello, caller. Thank you for your patience. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Winchester Radio. Did you have a question, comment? Um, I haven't listened to the whole but did uh, you guys go over... Um, uh, actually, no, I don't know. I had something, but I forgot. You forgot? I'm sorry. You were probably on hold so long. <laughs> out of your head. I, I apologize. It's, it's one of It's one of those things going on time that there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. Did you like about this episode? Yeah, I thought it was really great. I mean, um, the episode itself was okay, but I really loved just the Charlie backstory. That was the main part that was good, just Charlie. Completely agree. I love getting the Charlie backstory. I'm hoping, you know, we, we have person. her last name. We have her last name now. We know her real last name is Middleton. I'm hoping, you know, maybe someday we'll get her real first name. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. One thing about that is with her, she had a box of passports and things and, and a gun. And I thought, my God, she is Jason Bourne. <laughs> that's, that's something I was going to mention. I thought it was really weird that she pulled out her passports to make payments that she's been making forever. Why did she? I don't pull out my ID to make an online payment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially that I'm not a maybe she has so many fake so. identities she wasn't sure. I don't know. I thought that was really strange. I, I get that it was to show that she has the different the different identities, but really. That wasn't necessary. I don't know. It was really strange to me. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> well, um, thank you very much for calling. We really appreciate uh-huh. it. We're sorry about the wait. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> call, in, call in next week. We'll try to get you on earlier. We promise. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank, thank you. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Um, um, we've we've got about ten minutes. I want to mention a couple things. I want to mention a couple things. Uh, one, um, we are um, Supernatural Fandom. We're partnering with Amanda Tapping's fans. Um, we have, you know, we've been vote. We've been voting forever to get Lauren Tom to win the Celebrity Charity Challenge, and um, so. Um, she's, you know, just been staying right at level 10 and 11 and not moving up high, any higher. So Amanda Tapping, whom we love, she's Naomi on, you know, The Angel on Supernatural, which we not so fa- not so much a fan of Naomi, but Amanda Tapping is amazing. And so we're partnering with her fans, and we're voting for her this month to win for her charity, Sanctuary for Kids. So if all Supernatural fans are listening, we've been tweeting the link every day to check out check it on our Twitter um, go and vote for Amanda Tapping daily every day, so um, so she can win this month of her for her charity. And then next month, after Amanda wins, Amanda Tapping's fans, the Stargate fans, the Sanctuary fans, everybody are going to help the Supernatural fans and to vote for Lauren Tom, Mrs. Tran, so she can win next month for her charity, Homeboy. 
So everybody listening, please do that, please. So there's a plan, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, we are giving we're doing a giveaway. Everybody who's listening to um, our podcast right now live. Um, the first five people who tweets us at Winchester Bros with this special code phrase um, will win a Supernatural Family PCA button. Um, so if you're listening right now, the first five people to tweet us with the words walking on sunshine, and um, you will win a Supernatural P- Supernatural Family PCA button. So tweet us. First five people, you get a button. You have to have the phrase walking on sunshine. It's the safe word. <laughs> and you didn't even have to go to Chief. <laughs> it didn't have to visit Chief. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else about this episode? Um, this is episode 20. We've got three more of this season. I, I hope I survived this season because the preview for next week's looks just crazy. I can't even. I can't, I can't even. No. I, I can't even accept the preview for next week. <laughs> I'm in denial well, of it. I just, whether you accept it or not, it's coming. <laughs> no, it's gonna be it's gonna be like the promo shot of Dean walking with the bag of the beer. It's, it's a promo shot, but it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. It's like if I didn't, if I don't watch it, it didn't really happen. Exactly. No. Um, I used to take care of um, kids, and I used to have this kid that always tell me, "If I close my eyes, you can't. If I close my eyes, you can't see me." That's how mm-hmm. I feel. <laughs> um, can we switch and we, like one picture? Oh, sorry. Uh, we will have a special guest next week for our podcast too. Um, Audrey Chow will be joining us yes. um, Saturday yes. to talk about the episode "Great Escapist." So make sure you turn mm-hmm. into that. So, you know, spoiler, if you didn't know that Osric's for the next episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, you know, and and also a tiny spoiler alert, but I I just have to mention something about one of the um, images released for this episode, spoiler images, and it's only vaguely, vaguely spoilery. It's like spoilery for food, but the picture with, um, the sanity and, and cast. Oh, that's another character back. Bye. Um, <laughs> the, the Jiffy Pop. That's all I've got to say is the Jiffy Pop. <laughs> I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I'm like, oh my God. It's so cash. <laughs> so very true. Uh, it just cracks me up. But I enjoy the news. Next episode, it, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a killer, that's for sure. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two the more after that. Because you say it in a definitive tone. Yeah. And there's two more after that. I feel like this oh. season went by very fast, and I don't know if that's because I felt like last season really didn't at all. But I just mm-hmm. feel like we, or maybe because of the way the hiatuses were stacked this year was different than uh, than usual, but I really feel like this episode, this season just really, really sped past us. Mm. It did go it by did. really fast. 
Uh, while you're listening, we've given away two buttons. We've got three left. So if you're still listening, you haven't tweeted us yet. Tweet us with Walking on Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, I also um, I think it's noteworthy to mention that this was the second most watched episode of the season, so second highest. Yes. Yes. Um, so. And we congrats beat, to cast and crew for that. We beat Vampire Diaries in the ratings this week too, so that was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. I don't watch Vampire Diaries. So I don't have a loyalty, so that was that was cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it, but of course I prefer Supernatural. Of course, geez, but so I was very, very happy. Mm. And the uh, only other episode to get higher ratings than this one this year was a Slice of Kevin, Little Slice of Kevin, Little Slice mm-hmm. of Kevin. There we go. I'm trying to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah awesome episode and we're getting down to the end where they're going to kill us and tear our hearts out and stomp on mm-hmm. them and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this episode was enough to tear your heart out and we'll just get it back together again and probably the last three will just keep doing it over and over again in a mm-hmm. giant heartbreaking loop. Um, overall, I think the season has been fantastic. I'm I'm sure it's because Jeremy Carver came back and is guiding things. Um, uh, Andrew Andrew Dab and Dan Laughlin split up, which turned out to be the best thing they could have done for episodes because they really write amazing separately. Um, Robbie Thompson is just I don't yeah, know, I, so special. I I he, great. I think I seriously think. After, um, you know, Jeremy Carver, you know, was such a fan favorite for so long. And then, you know, he left us. And then he, you know, he came back. And I seriously think after Eric Kripke and Jeremy Carver, that Robbie Thompson knows Sam and Dean better than mm-hmm. any anybody else. He, he gets them. Mm-hmm. And he writes mm-hmm. them and he knows them better than any other writer. Yes. Yeah. Another thing about this season is that while, you know, we have so much, as usual, there's so much drama and death and destruction and, you know, uh, uh, the world hanging in the balance, it's been such a great balance with humor and warmth and you get, like, a little bit of hope and the boys aren't so horribly, terribly alone I mean, everything, oh, yes. everyone was taken mm-hmm. away from them for two seasons. And all oh my of a sudden, God, they're yes. getting people back in their lives, and they're surviving. And and, and they have happy it's, moments. It's, the, yeah, last and, two year, the last two years, it was just like, it was just so dreary and depressing. You know, mm-hmm. every episode is like, I just want them to have a stress-free week for a change, you know, or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the last two, yeah, so this this year, yeah, things you know they've got a lot of you know of course you know big things going on, but they also still have you know they get they have little happy moments here and there. So yeah, because you just it's just otherwise it's just too much, and the darkness is overwhelming, and it's really hard for your audience to stay with you when they they just think that every time they watch, you know, how can how can two people take that much 
horrible, mm-hmm. horrible yeah. and tragedy and horror. And it's like every time you turned around, somebody was dying on Sam and Dean in the most and, horrible and I way. I remember and, you get kind of, you get to a point where you start feeling like, God, I'm so tired of Sam being mopey. I'm so tired of Dean being mopey. It weighs mm-hmm. on you, and it gets tedious to watch a character like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm very glad that the season hasn't been like that. And it's still, you know, their lives are still difficult and traumatic and filled with impossible situations. And, yeah, they're pretty much on their own, but they're not alone anymore. And there's moments of humor and warmth, and they have people in their lives. And I like that. I like that. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we're not too well, sure I... about Kevin. <laughs> but, you know, we've had him a lot longer than we thought, you know, and he really came exactly. part of their, their And I'm world. still holding out hope that, that Crowley was lying about Mama Trans. Yes, me too. We didn't see it. We didn't see it, so it didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, we only have a five. few seconds. We only have a few seconds left in the live show, so if we leave, if we cut out. That's why. But the show will still keep recording. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, our callers this evening. Yes, good to have callers. Yep, and thanks for. Uh, Playing along with our when a when a supernatural family people's choice award button and hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, again, always thanks for listening. We'll see you next week uh, with our guest uh, Osric Chow, who's been on before, and it's always lots of fun. And she'll be calling. Um, the, the Friday, you know, the day before, he'll have been at his first supernatural convention at New Jersey. So when we talk to him, we'll get to talk to him all about his first convention experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Assuming uh, he survives. Yeah, <laughs> I sure hope he survives at least through the end of the season. And uh, thank you, everybody. No, I meant listening. through the I meant through the convention. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again. Uh, uh, you can um, listen to us at blogtalkradio.com. You can listen live. You can go back in the archives and listen to lots of interviews and fun podcasts, uh, not just from this season, but from the past seasons, too. Though so if you go way back, you have to search for Winchester Radio. Um, please visit us on Facebook and Twitter. We have all the supernatural news you could possibly want, Winchester Bros. Uh, our site, winchesterbros.com, will also help you find out that news and take you to our podcast on YouTube. Just click on the Winchester Radio logo with our fabulous new, uh, made especially for us by Mark Maloche, visual effects supervisor of Supernatural logo. Let's throw that again one more time. And is that it? I believe that's it. Now okay. time to go watch Orphan Black and Doctor Who. Yes. Off to watch Doctor Who. And thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.